0: Men Yee-haw! Lin. Yee-haw. Lin. Welcome to a new episode of Live Evil Pod. Fellas on gals. I am so sorry it's been 2 weeks. I know. I've tried to record as uh, much as I can with all that has been happening. I missed the, you know, two of the like biggest weeks for EG, but tonight we're going to get to process a little bit. Kind of as it's not a spoiler at this point anymore. When you're following the scene, we know that this is the end of our run, and it's a sad one. It's taking me a while to recover, but to cheer me up, I have a special guest tonight. His name is Jay Henry from Jay Henry Esports. Jay, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I uh, follow you. Uh, we follow each other on Twitter, and I see the things that you put out. It's like you know, very very awesome to see and just be able to read some of your thoughts as, you know, the LCS is unfolding in and it of itself. Jay, why don't you uh, let our listeners know a little bit about your background? How did you get involved with the league? Uh, do you play? You know, how did how did it all start for you?
1: Sure. So back in what was middle school for me, so I believe like around 2010, 11, the game got introduced to me from a friend. Uh, and ever since then, basically Season 1, I've been kind of following it. Uh, pretty casual player, but just really love the game. And ever since c 9 entered the, the scene, uh, I have been a fan. And it's just been that way ever since. So it's been a little over 10 years now.
0: Uh-huh. Well, you've seen a lot of changes. I, I played it uh, during beta, and then I, I stopped for a while. But so So you've seen a lot.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot. I think I only missed... One season, I can't remember which one, um, but yeah, I've seen, you know, meta shifts, of course, mm. the position, dynamic change, draft, all that stuff evolve, so
0: it's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, you've certainly seen an evolution. Uh, now, do you follow a particular region? Do you have a, a team? I heard C9 was the one that got you hooked from the LCS. Yes.
1: Yeah, LCS would definitely be um the region I watch the most. Um I do watch a bit of L C K as I wake up pretty early. Um but I'm definitely focused on, on NA and just seeing what, you know, my region has to offer.
0: Nice. Nice. That's awesome to hear. We can certainly uh you can see the stark difference, right? I follow, I try to follow <laughs> all four regions. <laughs> yeah, it's a little well,
1: different but uh it's it's still fun nonetheless.
0: What you've watched from the t ones and the gen Gs of the world, and then you come back to your regions like when when are we going to be at that level? Yeah, you can hope one day, right <laughs> certainly, certainly, uh, so yeah, so do you play yourself, do you like you do have a, a main,
1: oh yeah, um, I play like I said, I'm playing pretty casually on and off for basically ten years um, my favorite champions echo uh, just mm. ever since the release I've kind of nice. played him, and that's been basically my main ever since I've never really deviated from that um, and even just
0: started picking him up again recently it's been a lot of fun yeah uh, do you do you follow I like when I first picked up echo of course I was following like to see who's like the, the one trick out there and uh, so are you the guy that will not level up at level six the alt until the very very last second no i'm
1: not (laughs) um but typically it's because i did get coached one time um (laughs) i can't remember if he's still number one echo like na or not um but basically at the level like playing around gold i typically stop after that Mm -hmm. Um, we don't make it to level six without you know me getting a kill or two so it kind of changes the dynamic of the game
0: (laughs) nice well, it's good to hear. Um, certainly, for those who do play and want to know a little bit about Echo, it's it's a it's a very neat trick where they can't see the the trail right then that, that um, little uh, where you're going to respawn. Yeah. So very very um, interesting. So, without further ado, though, Jay, we are here to kind of break down and probably sing a bit of a eulogy for EGs spring season, but before we get there, Mm -hmm. there's been some several news that broke, so I'm kind of glad I have you uh, tonight to kind of uh, walk us through all these things that have been happening since, I guess I would have to say since Monday, Uh, starting off with a major news of a team that will likely no longer be part of LCS. Our money was on TSM to be the first one to announce that. Now, they haven't announced Mm -hmm. anything. They've just been letting people go left and right, Uh, but the first kind of shoe to drop was CLG. That came out of left field for me. And, you know, processing through that, looking through, I can understand and listening from all sides. It's a financial decision, but it's also one Mm -hmm. that's we're talking about a team that's been thought of as one of the core uh, group of the LCS that has been there since, uh, I would just say, since the beginning. Also a team that has made it very, very far in worlds. Uh, How did you respond or, like, how did you... um, take that news when it broke yeah it felt uh very
1: sudden um it seemed like from everyone else's reaction mutuals and and people that even work at clg that it kind of came as a shock to them as well which is unfortunate um i try to look at it optimistically and if the rumored org to be taking over being nrg does end up joining the league um, it could be exciting. You know, they're very popular in the Valorant scene, especially right now. Mm-hmm. So it's not all bad, but
0: seeing CLG go is, is definitely a, a huge blow. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to imagine, like, for better or for worse, right? They've had their great moments. And then over the last few years, they were, like, on the downswing. And, but they were yeah. picking back up. They they have this energy, this NA energy coming to them. And they, they really garnered a lot of fans. But now, it was suddenly, hearing that, you know, they're going to sell their spot, and also uh, hearing that you know a lot of their staff and support are likely going to be let go, or will already let go. Yeah, that, that part probably takes me back more because in my past uh, experience, when a org takes over, usually they retain some, but whatnot. But it yeah, sounds like this is a complete like uh, uh, takeover, if
1: you will yeah i
0: i mean it sounds
1: like as far as we know right as far as we know it seems like there's not going to be um, staff being carried over mm-hmm. um and i haven't heard anything about the player situation i'm sure mm-hmm. that's going to be up to the new organization but yeah there's, there's still a lot of unknown um for now yeah it's mostly just sad i really love clg uh they really feel like they they do capture that na energy as you put it and they always bring a lot of hope and, and faith, of course, to, to the league. So it's just sad to see them go.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, just, you know, I thought, uh, cheer up those players. I know a lot of them are in some uncertainty, which, you know, better now when the season's kind of over for them to find out than when they had to learn it, like the whole uh, issue down at LEC. I don't know if you right. remember that one when I think uh, Origin was being sold in the middle of the season. Uh, yeah, I do. That was that was definitely rough for the players, especially. Yeah, their mental was just not quite there because of the uncertainty. I uh, yeah. bring this up also as related to EG because, quite frankly, before even our last uh, game of the split, our last playoff games, uh, there's been a lot of um, staff... Um, being let go from EG side so it, I I I can't help but wonder because EG is not one of those teams that has a long history so if CLG is not safe I'm I'm also wondering about EG's and they also had you know all that situation the whole year it just kind of makes me worried uh I wonder if that's a thought that would come to mind from from like you know people outside of EG fandom mm-hmm. what they see like this is potentially one of the teams the one of the orgs that may you know also sell their spot i think
1: uh for now anyway eg seems to really be invested and in not just league but other esports as well which which makes me think that yeah while they're scaling back on staff and things of that nature i think it might just be a, a budget shrink but not a mm-hmm. you know a complete abandonment of the league i i think and hope they're still here to stay um but you never know. Yeah, they are downsizing. So I, I think after this next split in summer, and especially depending on performance and viewership, um, we'll get some more info. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. We'll take some time to also talk a little bit about the future. Some thoughts that came to my mind. And actually, I hope to cover in this pod. But, you know, the other team that's almost a foregone conclusion that will be likely leaving that there's no official confirmation is TSM. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we heard from Reggie. He he didn't mention anything about the LCS. He's just to say TSM is very invested in esports and their um which one was it their was it their uh COD team or was CS team but
1: nothing uh, about not LCS. Sure.
0: And I talked to a friend of the pod, Robert Sorensen, and he has this he has this information since even before the season started that TSM is one step out the door. Uh, another. Mainstay. Another, like you know, when you think of LCS, you think of TSM, right? Um,
1: I, yes, of course.
0: Any thoughts about that? Is that a foregone conclusion from what you are hearing, from what you're uh, noticing about the LCS?
1: Just the way everything seems to trend for TSM, um, and and the rumors I know completely unconfirmed, so we'll still have to wait and see the details. But it does seem like they're already halfway out the door, and we're just kind of waiting on the results, or if they're looking for someone who can buy the spot. I know a few orgs are interested, or at least in the rumor mill. Um, So I think we'll just have to see. I think it's only a matter of time for TSM.
0: Man, it's going to be a completely different uh, LCS come 2024. And I don't know, maybe not even 2024, maybe by summer, we'll see some difference. Um, Yeah. Definitely something that... We're looking out for us, but for the most part, as far as uh, our listeners are concerned, EG will be there for the summer. And so let's talk about how we ended, and then we'll talk a little bit about my expectations of how the summer may look like for them. So we came off a really high, high 3 in CLG. The, right. the narratives were there JoJo stage buff, you know, they are great when they're uh, healthy. And they are able to run the, they, they are in the, in the, uh, tr- on track to run the losers bracket like how they did in spring. They only need to overcome Golden Guardians and even analysts like, uh, I think Azale was like thinking, oh, so what's EG versus um, FlyQuest going to look like? And boom, mm-hmm. the week came. We lost game one. All right. Time to bounce back. Game 1 was funky. Three ADCs. What the heck? I, I don't understand that draft. Game 2 was a complete demolish. And by Game 3, you can hear some of the Golden Guardians players saying, they're out of it. They're 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 mentally checked out. We can play whatever we want. And we're going to pull out the Rumble. We're going to pull out the Cassante mid. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> EG got 3-0'd. In the yeah. most horrible fashion. That looked nothing how they showed up for against the CLG game. Uh, how do you want to do this, Jay? Do you want to go game by game? Do you want to talk about the overall thoughts? What happened as you uh, kind of watch this unfold? Well,
1: I think initially just some overall thoughts mm-hmm. is I think CLG uh, is the ultimate like false flag narrative mm-hmm. when it comes to playoffs, especially because C9 always struggles against them um mm. uh, and so it makes them look uh stronger than they are versus other teams they just match up well against c9 right mm. so when eg 3-0 them it wasn't surprising to me because i don't think they match up well into eg uh, subsequently it makes eg look a lot stronger heading into the next week against golden guardians and as we could see that just wasn't quite the case so that's you know my general thoughts on it i think golden guardians pitched a lot of ideas during draft that eg was not prepared to answer for um as well as them having some of their own draft issues so a bit of a weird series mm-hmm. um but not as surprising as i think it was in the moment
0: yeah i would i would af- actually uh, validate that because even in the clg game you know uh Despite being three owing them, there were moments in that game where you kind of see EG faltering. Their fundamentals are lacking. They got suckered in into like certain fights that they shouldn't be taking. I, exactly. I think it, they were lucky to three 0 them. It could have been easily been a, a three-two or you know three-one, but you know it may have given a false confidence, if you will.
1: Yeah, maybe a false sense of security that. You know, EG was going to get that standard playoff buff that they, they do, you know, have to their name. Um, mm-hmm. this is the first time it seems, you know, they really faltered. Yeah. Uh,
0: eventually, the, their place that I was going to catch up to them, and I thought they learned from that after how they ended the spring split. It was like horrible, horrible watching that super week. Unfolded. Yeah. Uh, so let me go a little bit game by game. The first game um, against Golden Guardians, uh, EG was on blue side. Golden Guardians hit red side. EG picked Cassante, Maokai, Tristana, Jinx, Ash. I mean, like, wow. Um, they were trying something. I mean, maybe they were expecting to win. Maybe they were just playing around. Uh, Golden Guardians yeah. went with the Fiora, Wukong, Talia, Caitlin and Heimerdinger. This game was back and forth a little bit in the beginning, uh mostly favored Golden Guardian. Well, no, mostly favored EG and by the third dragon fight, I think we completely lost that. It was it was like I don't I don't know what happened for them yeah. to boom so badly.
1: Yeah, I mean it seemed up until uh probably about 9 or 11 minutes, fairly quiet game uh with EG leading, you know, securing objectives and kind of having control of the map and then on a, a single team fight the game the game just kind of flips on itself
0: absolutely it really is a, a combination of uh, river Gory, and sticka and with a sticka on a six, 0 2 stat line um speaking of which and you know Go- golden guardians came into this week probably from the confidence of last week when they like edged out hundred thieves if not for that risk high risk play of taking out uh, double lift, right? We wouldn't be seeing yep. uh, Golden Guardians here, and momentum and confidence is a real thing in esports. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I think in particular with Golden Guardians, the the players they have, and this isn't you know like a hot take. This is fairly common sentiment at this point. But if Licorice is playing confident, if Stixay is playing confident, Golden Guardians can beat, um, or at least compete with any team in the league. And mm-hmm. that's not even to mention how good River and Gori typically look. Um, their 2v2 is definitely one of the stronger ones in the league.
0: Yeah, and and you know, coming into this split, Inspired and JoJo were considered, you know, top five in the world, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, wow. and it you know, it looks like maybe just some time to recoup over this, this short break will be good for them. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't doubt you know, for a second that Inspired and JoJo are not still uh, top of NA and competitive worldwide. I think they're they're still you know, some of the best we, we can watch, but um, I think they just need some time to, to kind of recapture that magic so they can start you
0: know, dominating together again. Yeah. Well, definitely, that is the hope for the bounce back, and uh, we'll get some time to kind of talk, and we can compare our thoughts, what's going to happen going into summer. Uh, rolling into game two, EG uh, got blue side again. Uh, Golden Guardian's still red side. This time, I was... A little bit more hopeful because we picked a Zeri. Um, let me run down the uh, the, the lineup. Um, there was someday on Scion, sure. Vi, uh, Ari, Zeri, Nautilus against Licorice on Gwen, River on Maokai, Gory on Cassante, Stixay on Tristana, and who he pulled out the Rel. Like, yeah, man, they 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 know how to draft and they know how to throw us off. This was a one-sided game from beginning to end. There, there was just no room for EG to do anything because they either get picked off or they get zoned out of the objectives. Another mm-hmm. great play by River and Gorian Sticksay. Three of the players went deathless in that game for Golden Guardians. Yep. Oh man, this was a rough game to watch. This was, there, there was like, it ended in 24 minutes.
1: Game time. Yeah, it w- it was it was rough. I think, um, in particular, this game looked like a highlight reel for for he, I think Rel, and we'll talk about game three, but uh, these kind of engage um, to set up one shots for your entire team type supports are kind of his specialty. He finds those angles, those um, you know plays that look almost impossible, and, and he just can do that on these champions. So. You know, no one was expecting the Rel, but when you look back at his play style, what he's been successful on, things that are that can operate similarly to the Amumu pick, um, it makes a lot of sense in hindsight. Of
0: course, mm-hmm. and definitely uh, taken us by surprise because it didn't seem like they know how to deal with the Rel. Um, and I gotta yeah. say, a in, in, uh, in hidden underlying story that I guess Novin's talking about is this: is He who beat his old team. And then his former teammates, someday, and uh, FBI, and he's on his way to potentially play at MSI. So out of the whole hundred thieves roster from 2022, who he is the one getting the most success here?
1: Yeah, and I think you know he was undervalued a lot Mm -hmm. um, just for a long time, and and I don't think that's because of his skill. I think when you have players. Um, just with like bigger names and you have closer making flashy plays on Viego, you can kind of fall under the radar um, as a support player, but I, I'm glad we get to see, you know, this resurgence. He's playing just as good as always, but it's a little flashier. He's on the biggest stages now. And like you said, we might even get to see him at MSI competing against the world's best. And I mean, who doesn't, who from NA doesn't want to see, you know, who he versus like Caria, for example,
0: that's exciting. Oh so. man. It's so it's so um it's a story to definitely be watching. I will readily admit I was uh, pretty down on who he you know fighting in the office and like the FBI just needed a different type of support and to have more success because who he when he played for 100 Thieves, had a lot of um I think deserved uh, sometimes some of the times deserve criticism for the champs he pick or the way that he played around FBI but I think the stick uh, say who he combo man that's. That's back.
1: Yeah. Better than yeah. ever. They enable each other, right? Like mm-hmm. like you were saying, when you play confident, you know, that's one thing, but when two people are playing confidently together, that's really hard uh to stop. Like their connection is, is just that good. And um if it wasn't, we wouldn't see them get past people like Double Lift and, and you know, be the only one hundred Thieves member making it this far and beating teams like E. G. which even though they look off for E. G. standards, there's still no slouch when it comes to League of Legends, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's incredible
0: to watch. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Rolling in then, we already talked about this team being confident, this team being full of momentum coming into game three. Uh, Golden Guardians on the blue side, evil geniuses on red side. I mean I... Uh, I shouldn't take this personally, but you know the draft that they put out: Rumble, Maokai, Kasante Mid, Tristana, Amumu. At that point, you're like, okay, this is, uh, maybe it's it's not right for me to say, but a little trolley to kind of go with this kind of comp. But mm-hmm. they knew, they knew EG was done. Like their mental was shot uh some they picked the mile fight inspired was on a viego jojo on the Lysandra, fbi on zeri Vulcan on lulu and you know this game while eg let uh for a while in kills the gold was has always been favorite golden guardians and again it took a game fi- a team fight and you know golden guardians just rolled eg there, there wasn't a lot of fight it was a 10 to 4 kill score uh, and a mm-hmm. thirty-three minute game, but uh, there was just, you know, absolutely, you don't feel the energy from EG. You don't feel the the sharpness, the plays, the the limit testing that they usually do. It was fight where nobody on EG uh, Golden Guardians die and everyone on EG dies.
1: Yeah, and I think this, like you said, was just GG just kind of throwing down the gauntlet and saying, no matter what we do, uh, we're gonna win. Um, I think it speaks to, like you were saying before as well, the confidence factor um, and just some intelligent drafting. You know, when you have a player like Licorice who historically has a fairly large champ pool, um, when he wants to play an AP option, he's not limited to the Gwyn, right? He can Mm -hmm. pull out the Rumble or he can play weak side if that's what this series called for. It didn't in this case, but we know he's more than willing. Mm -hmm. I think when you have that kind of flexibility, especially in your top laner in today's meta when you have people opting for Zari Jinks front to back a guy that can you know just say hey i want to take over this game just let me um uh, it's something that's that's pretty undervalued
0: yeah yeah that's um good point to pick out that licorice is a way more um than what people thought he was for a while now right hasn't seen yep. him in in this form since his uh what was it, his c9 days exactly oh, man um and as we're talking about it too, it just like came to mind how genius of this is now. Now they pull this out. Now I'm not sure that they'll ever try this comp again, but now the other teams that they're facing, FlyQuest, right? Has to be thinking about
1: this. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely throws a wrinkle in. And I think luckily for FlyQuest, they have impact, you yeah. know, and that no, no hater flame to someday, but impact is a legend for a reason. Um, and that's just going to be a different mountain to climb. I think if you try to pick something like Rumble, uh, you're just asking for him to lean into that matchup and, and play a counter pick. So it could prove tough. But regardless, it's now something Flagless has to factor into their draft. Like, man, is this worth banning Gwen if he's just going to pick Rumble, or do we have to ban both and opt for a different strategy? These things can factor in. So we'll
0: see. Absolutely. Uh, something to, as we kind of segue into the LCS finals, which will be played in Raleigh, North Carolina, it's starting tomorrow, I believe, or Friday. Uh, have I'd to, have to double check. My double days check are so mixed up. But it's definitely this week. No, uh, oh, it's actually on Saturday. I guess they're playing the two-day. Oh, that makes more sense. Saturday, the weekend. We are getting the weekend back We're on LCS. Yeah, oh, I'm not okay, we to this. me off. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I was like, why is it throwing me off? It's cuz we actually get a weekend
0: uh two weekend games or series, so. Mm-hmm. And then we have the uh, LEC to kind of uh, play on the same weekend, I believe. Oh man.
1: Exactly. I am so yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a lot now with this with this new schedule and then we'll see how it evolves, you know, in the summer and next year.
0: Absolutely. And they're not done with changes as we, uh, kind of allude to a little bit. Um, we'll talk about that at the end. Now, tell me, Jay, do you think these are the best three LCS team in the finals? And yeah, let's go start with that question.
1: Um, do I think they're the best three? Uh, mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think you have the two teams that everyone, uh, kind of assumed would be making an appearance in the top three in FlyQuest and C9. And then you have what is right now the hottest team in the league. Um, and sometimes those aren't always the best team, right? 100 Thieves was that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that this is a very solid top three. Uh, we have two teams that are willing to play extremely aggressively, which is always exciting and you know, kind of push whoever they're playing against. So yeah, I think I'm extremely satisfied for once with this top three. Awesome,
0: I could not agree more i i as much as I want to see e g in there, I see there's way too much issues, and I don't get the same energy that I did last year where I sense that this team, if they go to international, they can still learn, they can still grow, they can still scale. They just look tired at this point,
1: or yeah, yeah, they look a little burnt like I don't know if burned out is the right term, but mm-hmm. they just really don't look on the same page mm-hmm. um which for the majority of that team uh, is a surprise, right? Most of these players have played together at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, less surprised about the bot lane. I think there's just some play style differences there, but yeah, when it comes to a uh, EG, it was definitely a shock to see that they're just not themselves. And, you know, as a result, maybe this is a good thing, especially for Jojo. I think this kind of thing is really going to turn him into a beast going into summer and he's going to outwork everybody and he's, Already more than talented enough, so Man. it is. Yeah, surprising, but it could be a good thing.
0: I certainly hope so for him. Last year, the the characteristic that I pick out from JoJo is that after each loss, you see a a a level up, a power up, sort of. It's almost RPG like mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, this time around, it sort of seemed like I don't know complacency set in or some form of like I'll turn it on in the playoffs. Which I'm hoping is a growth thing, but uh, this is definitely a sophomore slump if I have seen any. Um, and I've seen a lot of sophomore slumps that I did not turn out well. Um, the first one that comes to mind was the jungler for CLG that year. Oh man, name's escaping me right now. In any case, um, mm-hmm. going forward, there. Uh, my follow-up question. Of, uh, wow, I'm all over follow-up question. Are Mm -hmm. all these three teams deserving of an MSI appearance and how do you think they'll fare against international competition?
1: Um, I'll start with the easiest. I think that C9 is more than deserving and it's not just the record or where they finished. I think their willingness to play early game, to play fast, to play aggressive um, warrants seeing them in international competition, right? When we see the best teams in the world, They're not sitting back and scaling. They're not waiting for the Mm -hmm. game to come to them. And, you know, all you got to do is look at T1, who year after year shows up playing these aggressive styles, uh, playing fast, playing innovative picks. So I I definitely think C9 is easily deserving. Um, As we work backwards, I think that FlyQuest, uh, in particular, for while I do still think they're a top three team, have some egregious errors that they commit which Mm. you know maybe four weeks ago we would think would be uncharacteristic but they're really struggling on some parts of the map and in some positions in particular so uh them i'm not just so sure about i'm worried they do seem to kind of be playing the game a little slower uh than they were earlier in the split so that's concerning um and then with golden guardians i think like i said their willingness to um just their willingness to try excites me. I think a lot of times teams lack the willingness to just try some things, to just switch it up, to just, you know, allow someone to carry who says they can. Um, and that's worth, you know, their weight in gold. So I don't know if they're the second best team, um, but I would also be excited to see them. Um, whereas FlyQuest, I'm extremely worried about if they do go international, that those errors will just become um, – even more
0: easily exploitable. Yeah. A lot of heat seems to come down, and maybe not fully deserving, but partially is on the switch from Winsome to Ayla. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, all eyes is going to be on that. I mean, I'm sure. Poor guy. He's, he's getting a lot of flack, uh, both from the fans and outside, about how FlyQuest does not look like the same uh, since that switch. Um, yeah. It's very unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I think um, Winsome in particular is interesting, right? He was on C9 on that spring team that was winning a bunch of games uh, until they burned out going in the playoffs. And I think now that people have seen um, twice him be swapped out, he's actually getting, in a weird way, an appreciation from analysts, from fans like this guy's laning may not be the best. He may not be able to compete with, you know, Zvin and, you know, Vulcan especially and who he who are, you know, Legends in their own right, but he'll never lose you the game at this point. And his team play, his macro towards the second half of the game is great. Uh, so, yeah, going in the summer or maybe internationally, we'll have to really see, depending on this series. Um, we'll see wins again, and I think it will change the dynamic of the team. With that being said, I don't know about mid lane uh, vikla has the potential to be the best or the worst mm. mid laner in the league. Yeah. at Any given moment. So, <laughs>
0: uh, it's, it's, it's good that you pointed that out. As Vikla was definitely one that was most excited. And, and, you know, you saw a lot of good in, in the early part of the season. And in the second half, you're seeing a little bit of a happy, happy. Is that what they call happy game or like, I don't know, but it's just, he can get caught mm. up badly. Um,
1: yeah, his decision-making as of late, because mm-hmm. um, it's definitely not a, a talent issue, right? We all mm-hmm. know he has the hands. Um, but, yeah, the decision-making, dying when people are on vision um, for a pro player, you know, is is typically unexcusable, you know, unless it's like a dive. So um, when we start to see those kind of things, it is it is super worrying, especially going into this Golden Guardians team that's that's red hot right now
0: absolutely it's it's some things that you hope that maybe it was just a like uh, limit testing during regular split but when you see it in the playoffs you're kind of wondering
1: a little yeah, bit yeah you're worried and and part of me does wonder you know if it's similar to summer of last year where everybody looks Really bad against C nine because C nine is just the best team in NNA right mm-hmm. now. You know that could also be the case. Maybe we'll see a five game series, or maybe FlyQuest even stomps you know Golden Guardians or vice versa, um, and then we still see C nine three zero either of them, mm. and we feel like we don't learn that much. You know, yeah. so it, we'll just have to see.
0: Honestly, the, the team that we haven't had a chance to talk about, of course, mm-hmm. is the uh, number one coming in this team. I think m deserves s deserves a voting uh, at some level, and perhaps he'll mm-hmm. get one here. But honestly, outside of his first game, you know the guy has been absolutely a beast. Uh, uh, it's it's so hard to compete against him on one on one, and he he also affects the whole entire map. This guy, you know, he's yeah. not a. Surprise for many who've watched him played in the academy scene, but uh this is my first exposure to him. How much do you know about MNS? What do you think about his play so far? Uh, any other thoughts about yeah, C9?
1: Yeah, so of course my bias here, C9 <laughs> fan forever. So let's just get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> as far as for MNS in particular, um, I was already hopeful coming in, and I'm glad to see it's working out. As for what I know about him, um, he used to be. Um, or had a reputation to be somewhat of a a toxic player, Mm -hmm. running it down even in scrims or on stage games at a lower level. Um, With that being said, this isn't the first time that C9 has taken on um, even a mid laner. We could look at Jensen, who Mm -hmm. used to be incarnation, um, and kind of turn that person's um, career around and kind of their approach to the game. Um, That first game you know flash gets blown early and then he just kind of gets picked on from there. Um, so I feel like I can kind of throw that one away. He is a nervy player as well. Um, he's even mentioned that. So, you know, his first game on stage, it it was just a wreck and, mm-hmm. and we just move along from there. Uh, other than that. Yeah. We see he's extremely talented, has the hands aggressive um, and, and makes fairly intelligent play, you know, from what we can see without hearing all the comms. So, I'm really excited about this guy, uh, and then for the rest of C9, I feel like it's mostly business as usual. I, I don't think we have to dive too deep. I think the biggest surprise for me personally is just how good Zven has continued to be uh, and seems to get better and better over time. Uh, he is definitely the support in the league that's pushing the meta. Maybe along with Huhi, trying some other engaged supports. But Vince shows that he can play you know, pretty much anything at this point and dominate lane. So yeah. that's my biggest surprise.
0: Mm-hmm. He's definitely um, acclimating and you know, going to be talked about as one of the best supports in the LCS, for at least. Uh, I hope he takes a little bit of that chip on his shoulder of uh, what? I think it was Keria that made the comments. Not
1: yeah, <laughs> I think recently I saw that and you know, he said Sven is support so I don't care about C9 but mm-hmm. I, I think I think Sven's development has been incredible um, of course, you know I still think Kerry is in his own league I think everyone thinks that yeah. um, but Sven is extremely impressive I think especially going against you know, these guys who are no slouches like the fact that he's even mentioned in the same category as Vulcan who sure had a down year mm-hmm. um, but as a you know, a down year for him is still first all pro all first time, all NA a, mm-hmm. yeah, support. So I think, you know, that's just extremely impressive and he's competing and even looking better than him at times. So, um, uh, it, it's looking good for C9 fudge, you know, his reacclimation back to top lane looks fine. Um, he's right back where he was, mm-hmm. which is counter picking and dominating people and, yeah. um, uh, Blabber is blabber, so and but I left out Berserker, but I feel like it doesn't need to be said. Yeah. This guy is is full of talent. He, he he has to be the front runner for uh, MVP for the split. Uh, yeah, I think it was close between him and Prince, and then I think because of recency bias, mm-hmm. like if you have them even, I think now you at least back when the voting occurred, you had to give the edge to Berserker just barely, right. I think.
0: I mean, even, like, you're watching them uh, verse each other as, as a last kind of, like, image. It was yep. all Berserker. Prince, Prince was muted. I mean, this, this was the guy that dominated this regular season, right, Prince, and, mm-hmm. you know, was almost like the shoe-in, but the race got so much closer that I think berserker path and observingly berserker is just that good even for last year and i'm glad to see he didn't experience uh the quote-unquote sophomore slump he's actually gotten better
1: um yeah i think he uh i think at worlds that experience and i was even there in person so seeing it on stage Mm -hmm. him him you know versus gumi you he i think he definitely took it personally in a good way Similar to how we talk about JoJo, like mm-hmm. he took that loss
0: and, and decided he needed to level up. So it's exciting to see. It's good and exciting for the LCS for sure. And hope he stays forever. Uh, yeah, me too. You just, just need him here forever. All right, Jay. So it's now time to go into our questions. We have two and this one can segue into uh, a little bit that we were talking about a okay. potential format change for LCS. There's been a tweet out today, just even uh, on April 5th by Jordan Marney that the LCS format will be changing to the LEC format for 2024 season. So not in the spring, I mean summer, but we can expect that uh, coming into next year. Nothing is finalized, of course. Everything's still up in the air, as we all know uh, with the LCS, things can change down to the last minute. Just look at our time shift. Uh, we went from weekend to weekdays, from two what is it, two p.m. Eastern to five p.m. Eastern. Yep. That that was a good change, by the way. I, I have no problem <laughs> yeah, with that. Yeah, great
1: one. change. That was they were really going to, you know, kind of kneecap their viewership. I think if you know everybody on the East Coast is still working and everybody on the West Coast is still working, now it's later in the day, and you know it's still not great, but it's probably better than it would have been. Right
0: as as some uh uh people would point it out the viewership has either held steady or dipped a little but um yeah we'll see the let's let's talk about this this major change the l e c uh for those who don't know they play three days um every week uh, Saturday, sunday monday and uh best of one uh and it goes very quick it's like super quick um and, you know, they play three different splits. They have the winter, spring, and summer split, where the winter and spring split, the winners of those get a shot at MSI. I have no idea what would happen, I guess, if they have back-to-back winners. Would they take the second place of the spring?
1: They uh, If I'm understanding it correctly, um, from what I was looking at today, they still use championship points mm. in the background. Um, So if you do come, or do you do have back-to-back winners, it's whoever has the most championship points that's probably still going to be whoever comes in second but i think technically it could be anyone
0: and you know uh before i even dive into our our, our question that uh one of our our twitter posted uh, we have to think about in the lec for those who are you know haven't paid attention we have completely different people who are in uh finishing in the first and second place between the winter and the spring whereas in the Spring, I mean, in the winter, we had G2, Vitality, uh, I think Koi. But now we have G2 in third place in the spring. BDS and Astralis, who both were, I think, were in the playoffs, but they didn't finish well. And so if the championship points are going to be, is it going to even out? Is, is Vitality going to get? I guess we'll have to wait until the, the spring playoffs play out. But it's, it's so convoluted when you have... Completely different teams being at the top and then being at the bottom. I wonder how that fits into the LCS mm-hmm. system. Can you think about like you know finishing like eighth place or uh, seventh place in in the winter and then finishing first or second place in the spring? Does that earn you a spot at MSI? I, I don't know.
1: I don't think it should. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody that's been watching for a long time. Remembers when clutch gaming kind of limped into <laughs> world. Yes, yeah. uh, and it it wasn't good so I, I think I'm just always nervous about that kind of format because mm-hmm. you can't have a team that just totally you know Falls apart midway through the year and now they're, they are they're your world's representative for example, <sighs> so it, It's it's definitely worrisome. Mm-hmm. I I have to look more into it mm-hmm. going forward and I'm sure we'll get more details But I think they'll try to avoid that yeah.
0: Uh yeah, so a lot of questions. There's more questions than answers at this point. Uh, conman81 on Twitter, no, Josh, he says he absolutely does not like the LEC format at all. Three day a week games only happen six times. That's it. So a much much shorter split. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I can get behind that thought personally. It's hard to evaluate, even as I watch the LEC. It's it's a complete chaos week to week, and the teams that were look terrible in one week, look great, amazing in the next, and the following week, and then look terrible again in the third week. They just don't get a good sense of consistency. And and maybe like the players are tied to their week's results. And, you know, so that's kind of my thought in, in kind of crunching everything. Um, Mm -hmm. But it would lead to having a earlier playoffs with the best of three. So there's more games played. Maybe the playoff teams are deserving. I don't know. I, I think, that from that angle i can see it being helpful maybe for preparing us for international um uh, i know this news just broke so not a lot of thoughts that's fully formulated but what was your thought as you are kind of uh hearing this news i have a
1: you know one particular thought um that i haven't seen echoed so just let me know how you feel about it mm-hmm. but as someone who's definitely a much more casual lec fan um once that format switched and the games Um, you know, the games go by faster as far as like weeks at a time and you jump straight in the playoffs. It's sort of like alienated me Mm -hmm. in a sense because I can't, I feel like I can't keep up Mm -hmm. now. Like there's a lot happening, you know, every week matters a ton. If someone goes O two 2 or O three, 3 you know, they could be totally out. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like personally, I don't know what's going on in LEC. Whereas, you know, I'm not saying the old format was better, but I would at least have a general sentiment of Mm. who's good, even if it was always G2, Mm. you know, who is two and three. um, Now it's just a little different. And it it does make me worry, like, I'm not saying Team BDS isn't good or Astralis isn't good, um, but are they, you know, best of three and then eventually best of five series good? Or will we just see the same G2 show up and smash everybody? Mm. And then we played this short split for nothing. So it just makes me wonder.
0: It it uh, As you bring that up, it does make sense because uh, partially it's hard to follow them on Monday when I have to work. Uh, exactly. The other thing is they are locked into one patch for the whole split, and that doesn't really help a team know if they're good at adjusting. This could just be a, a micro version of an LPL where all the teams are very meta-dependent. If, if this is your meta, if this is your patch, You're going to do great. And so maybe Mm -hmm. that's what we're seeing with Astralis and BDS who are at the top right now because they hit the right patch. They hit the right uh, stride and confidence like we already talked about throughout this show. And they just run with it. And maybe they'll take the playoff, but we don't know what that's going to look like when they have to adjust again for MSI. And I don't know how much that prepares them internationally, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it does make me worry. I think that's one of the nice things about NA this year is, you know, we're going through all these patches um, and we're seeing some picks pop up um, and some go and then some, like everyone thought the Maokai would kind of go away, you know, Mm -hmm. once those nerfs came in and we see that it's just as strong as ever. Mm -hmm. So I think from patch to patch, I think that adaptation is important. I do think for your region in particular, it yields a stronger representative. Because whoever can play the most things the best generally comes out on top. Um, I think you can make the case that that's not always true, like I think C9 summer mm-hmm. last year, that meta hit was very, and that was you know all she wrote mm. for N A. you know they definitely coasted off of that. Um, not that they're not talented, mm-hmm. but obviously that meta was perfect for Berserker, um, whereas this year, you could throw anything at that team, and I think they're willing to play it. Yeah, um, so I think they're stronger now. Um, and as a result, I'm worried about LEC already looking weaker last year, and maybe now looking even weaker amongst international competition when they're not used to adapting. Yeah,
0: it's certainly a a worry to look into, but we may not be able to see it because it, what if it, it's going to be G2 again and they're going to smash everyone in it. Yeah, that could be the case. So, Uh, all right. So, lots of questions to look out for. Lots of discussions. I'm very, at at the very least, I'm going to be uh, very excited about the off-season discussion among us fans and the LCS watchers. So, our second question comes from friend of the pod, Ohio Vega. What do you point to as the single biggest issue besides COVID for EG's collapse with this roster? Um, you know, for myself, I think a lot of it has to uh, do with the missing Impact's presence and his leadership. I think Inspired is a mm-hmm. great leader. Vulcan's a great leader in their own right. Um, but, you know, there is just something more with, um, as I'm hearing from the some of the other interviews, Impact has a way of helping you through uh, struggles when you're uh, hitting those mental blocks, mentoring those younger mm-hmm. players. And also, uh, in-game adaptation uh, impact is much better than that. We have, we may have a better, uh, I guess, hands in someday, but uh, that's what we're missing, uh, I believe, for EG. And to that point, I would say we probably, and this is my 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 belief, I have no other um, evidence to support this, but I my belief is, spring was going to is going to be the peak. Of evil geniuses that we'll see this year, and summer is just something that I'm not hopeful about, unless you know a big motivation uh, hits them and and they're uh, really playing with the same energy that they did. I just think that spring is their peak. Uh, other teams will pass them. By the way, I'm I'm seeing how other mm. people, how other teams are reacting. I'm I'm excited for Immortals. I think Golden Guardians going to continue rising uh, with their confidence, with their play, and River and Gory. Um, I even think that um, whoever is going to take, I, I think even think TSM might be a bigger bounce back. So I worry, I'm worried about EG going into summer. Huh.
1: What are your thoughts? Um, I think for me, I, maybe it's because I'm outside of the, you know, the hardcore EG fandom. I'm a little more optimistic for them in the sense that uh, these seem like issues that can be fixed. I do think impact is, like having a coach on stage with you in the game, I, I don't think that's something that can be easily repli- replicated. Um, but it's not something that can't be learned or or worked around, right? Like I think when you have a two v two as talented as JoJo and inspired, you just need to find a way to enable them, and that may be a coaching change, um, because you know Impact's not the only you know person who left EG. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think they're missing those presence of, of people like Peter Dunn that were there, mm-hmm. kind of building that program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's much more behind the scenes. And then additionally, I think FBI, um, has the hand. Mm-hmm. I think if him and Vulcan get on the same page and they can start to make those transitions through mid game together, I, I see it coming together fine. I don't know if that wins them the split. Uh, but in my head, I don't think they ever fall behind or, but you know, below like that fifth place, fourth place mark in my head. Mm.
0: Awesome. And that's why I have youth here to kind of balance it out. I'm kind of like a chicken little sometimes. Uh, but it's good to hear, yeah, that, you. you know, other eyes watching, you know, have as a other like view that I don't have. Um, when I'm mm-hmm. so like tunnel vision into our, our team, our staff. Uh, I do think and I'm curious about this thought as we kind of wrap up um, I don't believe that we will see the same Ichi roster going into 2024 Um, it's gonna be hard to think of that they'll keep this uh, same five it it might just be a core uh, of you know maybe Vulcan maybe Jojo but I, I don't know about everyone else yeah I'm not
1: sure I mean I think that's going to be super performance indicative, right? Like if EG does finish in that bottom, you know, 7th through 10th spot, I think yeah, you know, without a doubt they got to switch something up. If if nothing else just for a refresh. Um I don't think you ever get rid of Jojo, obviously. I think you try to hang on to inspired, although, you know, this guy is two-time MVP in different regions. Now he might he might want to leave, mm. but we'll we'll see. I I definitely think they'll be continue to shop 80 carries. Um, I don't think that's a reflection of FBI. Like I said, he, he has the hands. Mm -hmm. We know that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think until you find a piece that fits, they're always just going to be chasing what they had with Danny. And and that's just hard to replicate. I think, yeah, yeah, I think he's just maybe the best individual team fighting 80 carry we've ever seen since double list. I, I don't, you know, or, or even a berserker. He's on that same level. So, I I think they're just going to be looking for that and and just try to to make the pieces fit until then. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. It's it's I guess I I still need to enjoy this this team in the summer before I even think about that far, but uh what I did enjoy was having this chat with you Jay. Thank you so much for making this hour very awesome. I, was, I get to learn a lot, get to hear a lot from you. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can uh find you and uh, what do you have upcoming working
1: yeah, so I don't have a ton going on at the moment. Um, what I will say is at J Henry on Twitter, same thing on TikTok. Um, and as for everything else, uh, I'll just be following the scene. You'll see me on Twitter. You'll probably see me in the stands from time to times if you're watching the broadcast. So yeah. just keep an eye out.
0: That's awesome. Uh, be on a lookout. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll send people. I'll make it a contest. If you spot J on the broadcast, yeah, exactly. I'll give you something merch yeah i i stand out so you'll you'll see me awesome awesome well thank you so much for uh this this um you know being a guest on the pod i will have you back at some point definitely um, awesome and you know until next time folks live evil